You're listening to the Scarsing Guitars podcast, syndicating for the A-List online. What follows is a conversation between my dad, Andrew McCarthy-Smith, and Christian from the band, the Peppermint Club. I hope you enjoy listening to it. Look, I've been, I've been listening to your music quite a bit, I must tell you, and I've been enjoying yep. it. Okay, which isn't really anything unusual for uh, music that I received through Lee and the Firestarter music team. But here are some thoughts that I jotted down when I was listening to your music. Now, it's rather lengthy, so humor me for a second. Here I go. So I always feel like with your music, it's the wrong season for it. And what I mean by that is it just takes me to another place. It's sun-bleached. It's feel-good. It's beers on the beach. (laughs) It's the go-betweens, it's Tame Impala, it's Mayor Hawthorne, early Radiohead, and even a bit of Grizzly Bear. But I did something else yep. for you. I went one further, and I've never done this before. So I put myself into a position where I thought, if you're going to actualise where this music would be perfect as a complement to a scene, what would it be? What I came up with was, imagine if the Jetsons cartoon was a reality, and we were in the proto-futuristic view of the 1960s. Your music is actually the soundtrack to when you walk onto an interstellar craft bound for a destination vacation, somewhere else, somewhere unknown. That are my thoughts, but I'll hand it over to you, mate. What do you think of my comments? And please describe your music, because I'm recording this, obviously, for the podcast and for the radio show for the listener. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think you pretty much nailed it, because I do go for a kind of spacey sort of vibe, but then also to reflect the chilled sunset kind of vibes from... Perth, WA, you know, being hmm. especially Fremantle, being the chill place that it is. Have you been before? Never. And oh, look, I have, but I was, I, as a stopover, coming back from uh, somewhere in Asia, and uh, I can't remember yep. where we were coming back from. But uh, yeah, we stopped over in Perth for about you know two hours. But just the airport, mate. God, all, all I got to see was a stuffy <laughs> yeah. black ducks or black swans, I should say, that they sell in the airport lounge. Um, so <laughs> yeah, not going to be seeing much. <laughs> That's it. And because I'm an avid rugby fan, I've watched plenty of Western Force games on the TV, um, and I do follow, oh, yeah. I do follow the Western Force and what they're doing with uh, Andrew Forrest and his new. Indo-Pacific rugby competition, so I've got a pretty good view of what I, what would used to be called Emirates Stadium. I'm not really sure what it's called these days, but uh, that's literally the extent of my understanding of Perth but and Western Australia, to be honest with you, mate. But um, well, I've interviewed so yeah. many artists from over there through Lee, as I was saying earlier. I, I really feel like... I'm actually confident to say this. I really feel like as though I think I have an understanding of the psyche of the music. So I understand nobody, you all don't know each other, but I've interviewed uh, probably approaching 50 different artists from Perth at this point. And there's definitely a common thread. And the common thread is it's very optimistic music. I haven't, whether it's been a grindcore band, Rat King, or you guys, uh, Matt Camerano, who we'll ask you about in a sec, um, there is a common yeah. thread going through the music. It's it's enormously uplifting music, no matter what the genre is. Yeah, I, I guess it might just come down to just the environment that we're surrounded by. You know, it's pretty much some of the best beaches in the world, and it's always sun shining. Like right now, it's meant to be spring, I think. Yeah, but, um, just <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But with Perth, you never know. It can be winter one day and then summer the next. Yeah, well, it's, a, it's the only place in Australia read. as well that has a Mediterranean climate, meaning you get rain in the winter and 
It's usually hot and dry in the summer, whereas over here, where I'm in Queensland, it's our rainy season yeah. in February. February, and uh, and I don't know what the predictions are, but my own predictions are we're going to have a hell of a lot of rain, and because the ground's going to be so compacted, because we haven't had a lot of rain in the last six months or so, it could be yeah, minor, minor right. floods or something, you know, like we get every couple of years these days. Uh, I hope not. Yeah, I do see it on the news every now and then. Yeah, I hope not. But uh, look, it's uh, it's a bloody reality. And uh, there's that old song that generations who grew up in Australia before us had to uh, recite, or it's a poem, I think. It might be a Banjo Patterson's one, and I don't know it, but it talks about a land of flooding plains. You, you, you know, you've probably heard that refrain before. And uh, yeah, I, lo I love a sunburnt country, a land of flooding plains, or something like that. It goes, and it's it's. They knew it back in the day. <laughs> it was yeah, it back must have been the... referring to where you're from, for sure. <laughs> yeah, and uh, it's uh, we we uh, talk about farmers too. They they go for five years and there's not much going, and then they have a bumper crop in the one year. So it's very uh, seasonal, or not even seasonal. It's just it's just uh, like a roller coaster, really, isn't it? The weather. Yeah, I thought it was crazy over here, but that seems much harder to deal with. Yeah, much less predictable. Well, it's. Where we are is meant to be subtropical, um, but there are there are summers like recently where it's just straight up tropical, and uh, it's yeah. bloody hot and it's bloody humid. So it's a bit like being in the Philippines, and um, <laughs> it's not pleasant, is what I'm saying. And you you really find a bit it of that humid Southeast Asian thing going on. Totally, yeah, totally. And it's uh, it's very hard to get motivated to want to go and take the kids to the park or go outside and do the garden and stuff and I'm not a drinker so yeah, you'd be sweating bullets before you start yeah you get sick of changing t-shirts two or three times during the day that's for sure you know clothes start piling up and you yeah. you know body odor and all this sort of bullshit so many times happening. you can wash yeah <laughs> you know and uh, yeah it's uh, it's kind of uh, I don't think we'll ever get like Melbourne who has an indoor culture because it's so bloody cold but uh, yeah, that's it. It could become an indoor culture because it's so hot too, but I doubt it. I doubt we'll ever get to that point. People in Queensland are too outdoorsy and you know want to go fishing yep. and surfing and play golf and, and that sort of Camping. stuff. Camping. Yeah. Yeah, all of the good stuff. But uh, just, to, just to round on the point, I'd love to get over to Perth and actually spend time watching bands such as yourself and many of the other artists that I've yeah. interviewed, it, uh, it's, it fascinates me actually the quality of the music that's been coming out of there over the past 18 months or so. It's just, it's just been so many wonderful releases. I I typically interview, uh, outside of the, the work that I'm doing with Firestarter, I typically interview a lot of heavy metal artists, so all of the flavours and genres that sit underneath that banner there. And yeah, I've got to tell you, this yeah, year... Yeah, that's quite a heavy metal scene. Yeah, well, but I've got to tell you, mate, this year, for the first time, I must say that uh, Simone and Girlfunkel might might have a, a release that might be my number one for the year so far from any from anybody, and that includes all of these heavy metal artists that I, advance releases and everything else that I get, but the tipping point might have occurred this year. Um, yeah. You've got to go with your flow, and uh, your stuff's outstanding, and I just seem to find that, that this is the music that I tend to have on the most. Um, oh, thanks, man. Thanks a lot. You know, could be getting older, but it's just I, I really enjoy it. It's it's just it's laid back. I can put it on with the kids around, and 
I, uh, I, I, the musicianship's outstanding. I can tell Chris that there's a, there's been a hell of a lot of thought and effort that's gone into your music. So, can you describe the songwriting process for me? Yeah, well, I guess I pretty much write and produce and record everything in my own house. So it's essentially a a bedroom thing, which then gets translated onto the stage after when I bring everyone else in. But every now and then, I'll get the other guys to come in, put down their parts but I'll mainly just be mixing and mixing and mixing till I go crazy. And eventually I get to a point where the song needs to be finished and mm. I need to release at some point. So, yeah, I think, um, yeah, I think that's pretty much the process that I go through. And some days you can come up with four songs and sometimes you can you know, try to come up with material for three months and have nothing in the bucket. Yeah. yeah, I'm a musician as well, and I know exactly what you're saying with that one there. But you've got you do have an enormously fertile muse, though. So what are you channeling here? Because you you that '60s thing. It's a it's. I, I've heard a lot of bands try it, but you've really nailed it. You've re, you actually take me back to a time when we. I don't know. I'm trying to describe it. You know, the Salton Sea Resort there in California or something. It's just along with the Jetsons theme. It, it all just springs up and it's lovely music to just drive along to, coast along to, or when you're trying to go to sleep, you put it on and it just sort of acts as a lullaby. <laughs> but what, what are you channeling? I guess for me, my you know, biggest idols in music are the Beatles. And I love the way that they write their songs and they're always about relatable themes and real stuff. And even though their projection techniques I've always been a real big fan of. So when I do track the things for Peppermint, I try to do things as live as possible. Right. Just because I like this, the sound of musicians playing together, but also it means that when we do play live, we sound exactly like we do on record. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that the, yeah, that's 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 a bloody hard thing to do, as as I know, as a musician. So, is the what about the temptation to reach for a bunch of uh, strange and unusual pedals to create some interesting sounds? Does that not, uh, or how tempting is it to do that? Oh, I, there are definitely moments where I've put all my my pedal board out, basically, and I'm just stuffing around with my delays and panning here and there and using like three different fuzz pedals so there's definitely some experimentation going on mm. yeah so what where what was the journey to the point where you thought Let, let's get this band here together and create this music were you in bands previously that where you were refining the sound or talk me through that journey uh, well I guess this was probably like seven years ago but I used to play in a band called rainy day women which um was just basically just four of us just high school kids trying to make music but we never thought of anything in terms of releases or getting big or nothing like that it was just you know having fun going for a surf as most Perth kids do and mm. just having a jam and seeing what comes of it and i guess the sort of the sound kind of did carry over in the fact that the music is quite laid back and poppy and I guess just easy listening. Yep. And then I suppose, yeah, that's just always been a core in everything that I've been writing since that point. Just want to create some nice sounding music. The other thing about the overall package associated with the the band and certainly this release here, the new release, the artwork is particularly yep. on point. So 
please tell me you've got some T-shirts ready to go and you've also got even black light posters to go along with it because it's really stunning artwork. It suits the music perfectly. Oh, well, it was this artist actually that I, it just happened to come by her stuff by chance, but her name's Bertie Louise and you can search her stuff on Facebook and Instagram. Mm-hmm. And she's got this really cool kind of vaporwave style, which I can, I think you can tell with all the purples yeah. and greens and vibrant colors. But basically what I did was I hit her up and sent her the songs of the album and asked her to create something from listening to the music. And I guess that's what she came up with, some island vaporwave thing with you know, vibrant colors, like yeah. a mushroom trip almost. Yeah, I was going to mention that. That's exactly what it reminds me of. If you've, uh, you know, you've had too much to smoke, or you're on the cusp of just really enjoying yourself, it's the sort of thing that you can you can stare at for, I don't know hours, but you can stare at it for a bloody long time. And it, and I was I was having yeah, it's my, beautiful. I'm literally having a peppermint tea right now, and I'm looking at a uh, Facebook shot of you um, pointing at the artwork, and there's so much going. Oh yeah, on. I got a poster. Yeah, yeah. It's, oh, the post is stunning. You know, it's uh, it's something that I, I'd really encourage you to offer it. You know, short run, ten twenty, whatever it might be. I know it's a pain to get these things organised. Believe me, God, I've had mind trials and tribulations with merch in the recent past. But I'd really yeah. encourage you to 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 just put something out there on Facebook and see if anybody else wants to get some. You, you know, if you can put a package together for the release or with the vinyl or something like that, because it's really nice. I would artwork. love to do that. Yeah. yeah, I guess that's my musical goal is to do an album of songs that I'm proud of and get them done on vinyl, basically, because I think, yeah, Bertie Louise's art would just really translate well on a big vinyl cover. Mm. Yeah, it all comes down to resourcing and uh, the cost of these things, doesn't it? It's uh, <laughs> yeah, well, they're, money, all great I- they're all great ideas, but if they don't make commercial sense, what's the bloody point? It just... Uh... You yeah, can, you can very easily. Just bit there. Well, the commerce side of it is I, is very hard, isn't it? it? Meaning that being an, an indie mm-hmm. artist as you are, mate, and and getting everything organised, it's not even a break even thing. I assume it costs you money to do this. Oh, absolutely. I guess that's why I just decided to record and mix and produce everything myself, mainly to save you know costs and things. But I do really enjoy mixing music and frequencies and things like that. I guess that's what I like to do in my spare time. <laughs> mm. Like someone that would paint with colours, I kind of picture myself painting with sound. Yeah, it's a good and way it of does describing save me it. A lot of money. <laughs> and how, how was that process? Did you just get Pro Tools and you downloaded Pro Tools or what have you, and just went right here I go. Let's see how, how, if I can drive this thing, or was it another process? Yeah, well, I'm actually using Logic, but um, yeah, I just needed some kind of. Um, door to just record the sounds that you know, I'm hearing and just manipulating them in some kind of way and just getting a little bit better each time. But I feel that I've managed to get to a point where I know how to get the sound um, after much faster than I used to. Mm. But yeah, I think it just comes down. Yeah, experimentation, I think, was the key. <laughs> Yeah, and true just that. being familiar with certain things. Hmm. And what about the other three members of the band? Is it a, a, a band for for live purposes as such, and and essentially for presenting the album as a band, or was there some contribution by the other three guys? 
Uh, well, some songs the other guys would play on, like they'll do their bass parts or their key parts. And But I guess me being at home with all the songs and equipment and, you know, the and logic just right there ready to access, I do spend a lot more time just sitting down and putting down parts than I might be hearing. But um, I guess, yeah, the album is definitely presented more in a live format. I've been mm. trying to get the guys more involved, especially with the newer stuff that we've been writing. Right, yeah. Yeah, so you obviously you welcome the contribution then. You're just trying to find, I suppose you yeah, found absolutely. people. But there was a name, and I mentioned him earlier, and that's Matt Camerano, and he's listed on your Facebook page as a member of the band. So is that the case? or how yeah. Did the, yeah, tell us um, about the friendship there. Oh, well, I guess with him, we've played in bands before, and um, he actually played as a live guitarist for us, but just recently he decided to drop it, which is completely fair enough because he needs to focus on his own project, Camerano, and he's mm. doing really well with that. Uh, he was getting to a point where he was just playing in too many other bands and didn't really have enough time for his own thing. So as an artist, I'm sure you know, you know, you just need to spend time and focus on yourself in order to grow and learn more about what you want to do. Indeed, yeah. Well, he's well, still great, mate. <laughs> yeah, well, I think it's it's, I, I, and I noticed that on your show that's coming up in, I just had it up a moment ago. It's you're playing somewhere on in the twenty second. The twenty second. That's it at uh, the Norfolk Hotel. That. You, you guys are playing together, yeah. so it's a bit of a, it's a... Is he supporting you, or is it a double bill sort of a setup? Yeah, he's supporting us. Um, back in August, so about three weeks ago, we went down to Settler's Tavern in Margaret River, and he brought his band along for that as well. So I guess we're kind of treating it as a mini tour. That's a hell of a double bill, it's mate, fun. really. I, I can't think of an Australian... Show. I'm not just saying this, but I can't think of... I think I'd only have to add Simone and Girlfunkel and maybe one or two others there, but, God, between the three of you being on a bill, mate, I'd be there. I'd even fly over for it if I had the... Uh, if I was available to do so. It's it's a hell of a, a two-band lineup that you're putting on. So, I mean, anybody listening to this who's in Perth or Western Australia and they can be in Fremantle on the uh, the night of the 22nd, I think it kicks off here at, uh, at 8 o'clock, get to it. Because it's a, it's going to be one of the best pop shows that you could ever see. Between you guys, so it's, uh, yeah, it's God. It's uh, I don't drink, mate, but God, on a night like that, I'd be tempted to have a few bevies and kick back and just enjoy the show. Yeah, it'd be great to see you if you end up making it down. But yeah, I can understand you're from Queensland. It's quite difficult. Yeah, and and we'll talk about that now. Uh, interest from. East Coast. Have you had uh, anybody from Brisbane or somewhere around reach out to you, ask you to come over? Um, not as, not yet as such. I think everything's still building up gradually. But it really does seem like now that the release is on its way to being well, released into the world, hmm. there's been a little bit more interest into what we're doing and hopefully in the near future we'll be able to tour, tour over there and do a few shows. How have you found? Yeah, that's, that's the next goal. But how have you found promoting it? Is it is it been, um, you know, there's a usual established algorithm of uh, paying Facebook a truckload of money and just hoping like hell it pays off. But how else have you? Part and also Firestarter, <laughs> who do a very good job, by the way. But 
outside oh, of getting an yeah. agency or a distribution like Firestarter and paying Facebook, Instagram and Twitter a bunch of money to do the promotion, what else can you really do? Can you do anything else or what are your thoughts? I don't... Well, <laughs> to be honest, I'm probably the wrong person to ask because I feel like I'm terrible when it comes to social media. I always feel like I'm lagging in some kind of way. But um, having Firestarter on board really does help me a lot when, you know, with Adam basically takes a management role and keeps me on track and tells me what I need to do and I need to get this done and that done and, you know, trying mm. to hit all these different deadlines. But, yeah, it definitely seems like it's starting to come together and I guess just using the standard promotional tools like Instagram, Twitter and, yeah, Facebook I think is a really big one. But there's something about their business structure changing and it's harder to get your business to come through on the pages yeah i'm not too sure yeah you read my mind on the next point i was going to make and that's the reason why i don't pay for facebook to publish to to promote my uh podcast page because yeah yeah uh, it was i was I, 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 most of the people who will listen to this via my podcast series are overseas fantastic i really love that but it's very hard yeah for them to engage i.e. come to a show and support you that way so I've done and I'm very grateful for the audience that I've got as I say 80% of it's offshore 20% of my audience or thereabouts a quarter of my audience is based in Australia Um, (laughs) but how do you effectively say you were going to do a a blast on Facebook and promote the show how do you measure if it's been successful and and I don't think you can that's that's the problem so you could spend two or three hundred bucks and not get bang for your buck or actually get a measurable return on your investment, so to speak. Yeah, that's it. And I completely agree with you. Like, I'm not really too sure how to approach it when it does come to Facebook. I think because everyone's, it's gone to a point where it's limiting in order of what, you know, depending on what people are seeing on their feed, there's, you might have a thousand friends, but you might only see things posted by five people that have the similar interests as yourself. Mm. I think it's becoming very just repeats ideas that you might already have in your mind. Mm. And so you don't feel like you're not pushing any boundaries. That's what I feel anyway. Well, it was very interesting, I noticed, and there's a whole bunch of reasons why the uh, current US administration might want to do this, but I think there's there's merit to it, and that's that they wanted to have some sort of regulation around the reach and power of Google. Who of course own yeah. Instagram. It's probably other social media platforms they own. I think that's the most prominent one that I'm aware that they own. But of course, they've got YouTube as well, which is a well, type of Snapchat social media. Well. Snapchat. There you go. Forgot. I don't use that one, but I forgot about that one. There you go. But the reach of Google is. Uh, I well, we, have, is there been anything like it in history? I don't. I don't think there has been, unless you live in a communist regime back in the 40s or 50s. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think there's been anything quite like it in terms of the reach of it and. It can literally, oh, and there's stories of people who, I know there's some people on the fringes that like to post conspiracy theories and pretty weird stuff and they end up getting removed, whatever. <laughs> but I think there's been some fairly credible people out there uh, just promoting businesses who haven't been able to, uh, you know, they've had 50,000 followers or what have you and then it's gone down to 10,000 or, or what it might be, or it's capped at a certain point. They can't get over 4,000, just making up a number, 4,237 yeah. followers on Twitter, but they're confident they've got more than that because it's been at that point for months and uh, they've got a lot of engagement 
with people on Twitter, mm. for example. Um, there's how, how can I you think keep the main this thing company just... in check? Sorry, you go. You're on. Oh, sorry, I missed, I missed your question. Oh, I'm just thinking, how can you keep them in check? And can you keep them in check? If, if yeah, um, in terms of engagement. Yeah, yeah. It's... I guess you'd want a more loyal fan base, and I suppose if you're putting out quality material most of the time, then more people will be intrigued, and there'll be more chance of them to listen, tune in, and follow. And I think word of mouth, especially these days, is probably the most important in order to get your things and your businesses out there. Mm, yeah, word of mouth. I, I definitely agree with that. Getting people along, and I think that grassroots campaigning and engagement. I noticed that uh, yeah. some political parties are going back to doing that door knocking, which is bloody annoying, but they yeah. reckon it's very, very successful. <laughs> <laughs> I think know. it's because people probably miss the human interaction. You know, everyone these days is all it's all social media, and I find that people are losing their actual human social skills because it's all just text and just quick fire mm. but to be able to speak to someone and have a full-on conversation and look them in the eye i think that's becoming more and more difficult i agree and i've without uh asking your age for a moment but i'm definitely seeing it come through with some of the younger generations um yeah, <laughs> not being the old grandpa on the porch on the rocking chair with the shotgun about it either, but it's it's certainly <laughs> it's certainly been something that I've noticed through the years as a musician, drafting yeah. mus musicians into bands, and it's not just me. I've got this feedback fairly consistently from people in the scene here in Brisbane. But you try to bring on board someone younger because you think it's going to be more engaging for the audience to look at someone younger, i.e., of their demographic. But in all sincerity, what I find is they can't do the work that keeps them in the band. I.e. rehearse, learn the songs, just keep <laughs> their shit together. Harder, yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah it does. And uh, I tend to find as a musician that you want you want to have people in, in and around you who have responsibilities like children and a day job, probably a mortgage, um, married, this yeah. sort of stuff, because you've got to keep your shit together. You can't drink on Tuesday nights in that scenario. It doesn't work. Um, and yeah, that's it. Yeah, you want to have those people around you because they they've got their shit together. Um, and I certainly don't have a a, a uh, hard and fast rule with things, but these days when it comes to bands, I just do things until it stops working, and then when it stops working, I just make decisions. <laughs> There's no point in setting putting yeah. together. You know, you'll know. I hopefully you'll know exactly what I'm saying here. There's no point sitting somebody down at the beginning of an in, uh, of an engagement in a band environment as a musician and go, right, these are the rules, like an AFL club or a rugby league club or rugby union club. You stick to them, you're good. You don't <laughs> stick to them, you're out, because there's, there's too much going on and it's basically a passion yeah. project. Depends and... on the circumstances as well, yeah. And it depends, like, not every single person is going to put in the exact same amount of effort. Yes. You'll find that you'll be steering ship and making all the decisions at least someone has to i think you get to a point where you realize you can't have too many hands stirring the pot and you just you, there has to be someone that does take leadership in some form yeah you bang on bands only work when there's a benevolent dictatorship at play they do not work as democracies i've never been in a band that democratically that worked as a democratic machine it's too many cooks in the kitchen somebody as soon as you we i was in a band where we uh we said everybody's got to agree, but one person can veto, which was one of the worst decisions I think we ever made. And of course, we couldn't agree on doing almost <laughs> anything. 
Um, yeah. It just becomes a power play. Yeah. It. Well, it's a lot of the bands I've been in have just been live performing. I've only been in a couple of bands that have hit the studio. And uh, oh, okay. studio bands I find are a lot easier because, generally speaking, you're there on somebody else's dollar and what they say you do. And I haven't minded that at all. Uh, even as a, as a session player, I haven't minded turning up. And it's like, no, you, and as always the case, you play, you, you try to find the sweet spot of not playing too much but also making the line interesting and eventually because I'm a bass guitarist mm. a studio worker I've done you end up doing really simple stuff because that's all people want um, yeah but you so you, that's fine too you don't mind if someone knows exactly what they want um, and it's done in a manner that's polite if you like not not disparaging or what have you you'll follow instru- I'll follow instructions all day long but uh yeah, it's man. It's got to be a benevolent dictatorship, as I like to say. And it sounds like you've got this set up in your band. Yeah, I guess pretty much. Like um, when it does come down to parts, I do allow freedom to everyone. I try to let them do their thing and add their flavour to whatever ideas I might have in my head. And most of the time, we actually do come up with something like cooler that none of us would have come up with if it was just ourselves. Mm. I think it's really good to be able to bounce between musicians and eventually, you know, you both come to something that's even better than what you both expected as individuals. Yeah, you've got to get people on your, on your wavelength, and it sounds like you've done that, though. Yeah, I suppose I've been pretty fortunate with that. The band doesn't have any egos, which is very, very fortunate. So no one's ever fighting about parts or needing to play this guitar solo or this is my time to shine. <laughs> it's more about playing to the song which is yeah really nice and refreshing mate just keep them then <laughs> they sound like a bunch of keepers <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's i hope it, oh well i hope it works out for you long term i mean it's uh, i'd love to see what you do to follow this up actually i'd love to see where you end up within five years so that'll be a question for you have you got a, a plan for the, the next few years or is it just take it as it comes um I think it's just taking it as it comes for the moment. But, um, yeah, I guess I'm just gauging to see if there's demand and people are liking the stuff. That gives me more inspiration and motivation to keep pushing along and do music as long as I can and keep it viable. Mm. I'll well, always be writing in some kind of way. <laughs> do you think you'll ever cross over and do some electronic music? I have dabbled in it a little bit. Uh, I used to hang out with some guys for a little bit who were really into house music, and I thought, well, I'm going to try and do a song. <laughs> wasn't anything for Peppermint, but I just kind of just yeah, opened Logic, and off I went, tried to create some house track, and I think I managed to come up with something kind of similar in that vein, but it's not really my thing, I suppose. There's uh, an- another outstanding collective from Perth called Intenso. You might have heard of them. Um, their stuff has just blown me away again this year. It's uh, I got their release. They've got a new EP out actually at the moment, but uh, they do... It's definitely electronic-based, but I think they're using samplers and a uh, Hammond organ, I think it might be. Could be completely wrong there. I don't think it's a oh, Hammond cool. organ. A Rhodes organ, I think it might be. Um, and uh, look them up because... They might, if you have a listen to what they're doing, they're not, they're in a different quadrant on the compass to where you're at, 
but it's not so different that I can't imagine a collaboration. So if ever at any point you're looking at doing something a bit unique and a bit different, have a look at these guys and see what you think. Yeah, what were they called again, sorry? Intenzo. Intenzo. That's yeah, it. I'll have to check it out. Easy to find. They're on Bandcamp and um, Apple Music, and I don't have Spotify, so oh, I assume they're on Spotify. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, check it out. Just another example of another phenomenal artist from Perth uh, right there. So, so much happening over there. and I think, <laughs> Yeah, uh, there's a lot of music coming in. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it reminds me, it, it's impossible for there to ever be a scene-based scenario ever again, a la the Brisbane scene of the late 90s of Powderfinger and Scream Feeder and Regurgitator or Seattle with Nirvana and Soundgarden mm. and Pearl Jam and all that sort of stuff. But if there ever was going to be a scene-based movement, Perth would have to be bloody up there, that's for sure. It's... Uh, as I said at the beginning of the conversation, it's certainly all happening, but uh, I'd better wind things up. And So before we do, though, where can people yep. find your music? So I, I know it's on Apple Music because that's where I've been able to find it as well, and I'm pretty sure you're on Bandcamp, but correct me if I'm wrong, but for people listening, what are all of the streams or the outlets that they can get your music through? Yeah, I guess I've done it through Firestarter Distribution and we've managed to get it on Spotify, Apple Music, Google Play. And um, yeah, there's actually a pre-order link on Apple Music where if you do pre-order the album, you get three songs free straight away and then the actual album will drop on the 14th of September. And it's about 14 songs. So yeah, it should be a pretty hefty listen. It is, yeah. it's And... The songs, there's there's definitely some variety in there, though, but they've all got this common thread. So given uh, yeah. uh, anybody listening in the Southern Hemisphere, as we move into spring, this is perfect music for you to be uh, chilling out to on a Friday night over a few bevies. You know what? I, where it's good music for me, and this, is, this sounds like it's a bit at odds, but watching the football, so in my case, watching the rugby league or rugby union, putting it on mute, and then having this on in the background, that's another way that I like to listen to it. Oh really? I would never picture listening to the music watching rugby. Well, it's it's <laughs> or any sport. It's more about I should clarify. It's more about the time of the year because we're coming into finals. So I tend uh, to, I tend to find the commentators get a bit too excited and they start yelling and carrying on, and <laughs> as is their right. <laughs> a little bit more chill. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I, I do it all the time. I'll I'll just have a. Uh, I've got a Firestarter music uh, playlist and I've got all the wonderful artists in there and I just hit uh, shuffle or random and away yep. we go. I, a lot of the time I can, I can, it's certainly buzzing away in the background there and I'm vaguely aware of what's happening, but I'm also intensely interested in what's happening on the football field there. Um, <laughs> but what all I'll end yeah, yeah, it's well then what I'll do is later on I'll be in the car or what have you and I'll be uh, just doing basic stuff, putting out the washing, just domestic chores. And I'll have my iPhone on yep. me and I'll have the same mix on and that song will come on again. And it's interesting about the way your brain recalls things. So, so for yeah. example, your song Tightrope will come on and it'll be at a particular point in the game where someone did a head-high tackle or something. <laughs> it'll come back. <laughs> Such a contrast. It is, it is, yeah. But it's, uh, look, it's as I say, it's 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 more uh, more specific to... It's finals time, you know, it's the business end of the season for both, mm. uh, you know, AFL, the code of AFL, 
Aussie rules for people in North America and elsewhere and rugby league and rugby union. <laughs> and uh, this is where the uh, the teams that have been the best all year go and play their round robin to see who gets into the grand final. And as I say, I don't, not one for comment, commentary. I don't really need it. Foxtel used to have this excellent feature where you could switch off the commentary and just listen to the sideline microphone on the camera. Oh, yeah. And no, that's pretty interesting. That was about that. 10 years ago. It was brilliant. Yeah, they don't do it anymore. <laughs> and it was such a great view, and it was perfect for somebody like me because I felt like I was at the ground. Take the screaming. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I felt like I was at the ground. I, I know I've played, as a kid, I've played plenty of rugby union, so I don't need uh, someone to sort of be interpreting uh, what's going on for the sake of people who only have a passing interest in rugby union and God, I've been watching rugby league my entire life, so ditto for that, even though I've never played it. AFL's a bit more unique because uh, God knows I've tried, but it's uh, it's not really something that catches on up here, even though we do have a team, a couple of teams here these days, but it's they're more financially propped up by uh, the teams of Victoria, I think, aren't they? <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely. My local club here, the Gold Coast Suns, they don't do that well. They, uh... <laughs> they were for a bit. They were okay. Yeah, I actually was 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 uh, in an audience not too long ago and listened to. I think their coach is called Stuart Dew. Is that right? I'm not too sure, actually. I'm not entirely familiar with footy, but my um my little brother is. He he plays with himself and everything. Oh, there you go. Yeah, but I was re- I was really impressed <laughs> with these two. Though the CEO of the Gold Coast Suns and also the coach, they just they were saying that. When they get these these AFL players from wherever they come from, they don't come from here. They come from Western Australia, Victoria, or South Australia. And yeah, he he's saying that they have to teach him how to eat with a knife and fork next to sponsors. Like this is the <laughs> the the level of um, instruction that they need to issue these players, so so they don't embarrass yeah. themselves and also the club. And and I thought these guys yeah. have got their bloody work cut out for them, mate. Bloody hell. I do think that most AFL players, when they have the interviews, it does seem there's some kind of stock standard thing that they have to say and a certain way they need to act. But that's just an opinion, I suppose. No, I think you're right. I, I noticed it in rugby league. I get in trouble. In, in rugby league, yeah. there's this constant... It, I'm seeing it less and less now, but it was always, yeah, we just got to play well to give ourselves a chance. We, you know, the boys yeah, put in. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> It's it's. Do, it's can you not say? On the board. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, in rugby league, it's two points. Yeah, good to get the win. Come away with the win, and we'll have it just a you know quiet celebration in there with the boys and focus on next week. That's what we're going to do. And it's. Are you guys reading the same <laughs> no, manual? <laughs> it's whether it's whether yeah. it's rugby league or AFL. It's the same yeah. spiel, isn't it? It's it's almost. That's, that's it. They don't want to attract too much attention to themselves for a comment that they make, so they use the most generic and by-the-line statements yeah. available. And but they I, at least get some kind of interview out there. Oh, I, they, I, I love the characters, so I'm trying to think of... Well, I, well, okay. Cousins, I thought, even as someone who didn't follow AFL, I thought he was an extraordinary athlete. Um, oh, absolutely. Just... Just a magnificent physique, the whole thing. You know, he had the whole package, and it's really... I don't know whether the word's sad because he's clearly making the decisions to do what he's doing to his life, but I do feel for him mm. in a way, and I do feel for, of course, for his family because um, I read I read about him because I read his book, and uh, yeah, it uh, I, I, I can't imagine 
Well, he, he seemed like a he didn't seem like a dummy either to me. Like I, I listened to his interviews and he seemed to have his own thoughts on what happened during a game and thoughts on when they won the premiership in two thousand and five it was two thousand six, wasn't it? And uh I thought it was five when he got the Brownlow. I think he got the Brownlow in two thousand and five but Sydney won it. I think that's what happened. I could be wrong. Could uh, be completely okay. wrong. Somebody will probably want to correct me. Was a while later. ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, my team, the West Tigers. That's the last time they won the premiership was two thousand and five. It's just too long ago to. It feels like yesterday in one respect, but then when I realised it's been twelve or thirteen years ago, my God, where's all the time gone? But uh, I guess I guess my point there with with Ben Cousins would be that you you listen to an interview with him and he seemed like as though he had his own thoughts on. On things, but I couldn't yeah. even tell you another player's name at this point in time. I'd really struggle, apart from Gary Ablett. Um, but a bit like the rugby league players, yeah. To the point we're making earlier, it's just stock standard stuff, and it's like, why, why even bother interviewing them if they're going to give you the same, same feedback? There's not yeah, going to be exactly. You're not going to get any anything special, or there's not going to be any character put involved in the interview. Yeah, yeah. I guess the the media. It's the same for NFL, I suppose, for the North American listeners uh, and uh, anybody in Europe with the um, football or soccer, as we call it. I've, like, the media has a role to play, but it's... I, I guess it's an effective role because it sells papers and people like yeah. to read about it. And they, I, I, But for me, personally, if you switched off the whole thing and there was virtually no media coverage, I'd probably be happy with that, to be honest with you, as long as I could watch the game. I'd be fine and just... Yeah, actually watching the game for what it is, yeah. Yeah, watching the game and putting on the Peppermint Club in the background, that does me. <laughs> <laughs> I might have to try that one day. Give it a go. Give it a go. It depends. grand final. It depends. I, one of the only times I also get the TV area to myself because the kids clear out. I've got two daughters and as they like to remind me, they hate football and uh, I like to watch it. So they tend to vacate. Yeah. So it's literally the only time that I get, I'll get my chamomile tea or my peppermint tea or my ginger beer, put on some music in the background, put it on mute and I'll watch the football. <laughs> that's that's about it. Uh, that's about it. That's like my uh, my detuning session, if you will. Oh, you definitely need it though. <laughs> Everyone gets bombarded these days. You need some kind of way to relax and collect yourself. Well, you know the other benefit of it, and I don't think... I, Somebody out there listening has probably come up with this idea too, but it's a really novel way of putting your phone down and not touching your phone. And as we know, mm. they're so bloody invasive, these things, because I've turned off all of the Facebook Messenger, Twitter, uh, yeah, all you know, email. Yeah, all notifications are switched off except for text messages and phone calls. So, um, But there's a problem in, in that most of my... Uh, People that I play music with, they don't use text messages. They use bloody Facebook Messenger. Um, so I can I can <laughs> yeah. see messages sort of fourteen hours after they've been broadcast or sent out, and uh, I'm not ignoring anybody. I just well, I'm ignoring so people no in a kind of way. I just I just not it's not my preferred method or medium of communication. Yeah, and uh, I. Uh, yeah, it's, it, putting on the music is a good way because you don't generally look at your phone whilst you've got music playing on it and I just go and put it up, you know, on a, on a mm. ledge or something like that on the near the window and I know where it is because music's coming from it so I'm not going to bloody lose it, which I've got a shocking short-term memory so I tend <laughs> to put my, fo my phone down and then forget where I've put it. But I'm not looking at it either and 
I think it's bloody phones, mate. These devices are just causing us to yeah. have excessive short-term memory. I think so as well. Like lately, I've been just ignoring my phone and I'll just listen to some vinyl records in the living room and just listen to music as an event. And it's been really enjoyable, actually, just not being distracted. Because I think a lot of people do listen to music while they're, you know, cooking or cleaning or doing some other tasks. But to actually just sit there and listen to only music like they would have done if back before TVs. Yes, that's right. Yeah, and the um, I, I've recently got back into CDs. I hadn't bought a CD in about getting my daughter in the background there screaming about something. <laughs> um, <laughs> she, uh, I got back into CDs because of the kids, meaning that uh, I wanted a way to interact with them, and I went even further than that. And I got a ta- got a tape player again for a first time in about twenty oh, wow. years. I, don't, I couldn't even tell you how long <laughs> it's been, but I'm the prouder owner. Must just be the thing that ever wants something tangible. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So like, we've like a free-floating file. Oh, that's right. I, I do not listen to MP3s if I can avoid it. You know, so if I can yeah. see your release come out on vinyl or uh, cassette, I'll probably end up buying it. So there are things that I think are very special. That's the goal. <laughs> yeah, I, I'll probably even look at getting it on CD. Actually, um, if you ever release it on CD, it's uh, and it's. I, I went right off CDs as we all did. I think the last one I bought was two thousand and four or five or somewhere around about there. But um, oh, wow. I found a really good Denon nineteen ninety four vintage CD player. So I bought it from a local bloke over here at Ipswich, and uh, it's it's a machine. It's beautiful, yeah. and I've got these really good monster. HD clarity speakers that I bought about six years ago or so that are just the business and uh, the difference, it is true the difference between MP3s the sound quality and also CDs it's so big, the Delta's big CDs just sound so much better more and spacious and what the producer would have been intending for you to hear yeah, it's uh, it, it's a it's a massive difference, and and what I do with the kids is I I ask them to go and select their morning music, and there's a few few tapes and CDs that are classified as morning music, and uh, they go and put them on, and uh, it's it's really cool. It's a good way of getting them kids in the morning, mate. They want to go right to the TV, they put it, watch bloody awful cartoons. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's some weird stuff on these days. And, and well, most of the uh, TVs these days are smart TVs, so fair enough. But YouTube's on there, and uh, my daughter, who's five, can use YouTube probably better than I can. She can find whatever she wants. If she wants to learn guitar, she a million different videos there to teach her as well. Yeah, between Stan, Netflix, and YouTube, she can drive that <laughs> thing better than I can drive my car, put it that way. And uh, it's, I don't know if that's a good thing, to be frank, mate. I really don't. I think it's not going anywhere, but it's, yeah. it's what's beyond well, that. I think we're just in the digital age. We're heading towards the Jetsons, as you were saying. Yeah, yeah. It's I, uh, It's funny, the older you get, you're not, you're, I'm not a ludo by any means. I'm an, I'm an early adopter. I will say that as soon as a new iPhone comes out, I tend to get it. Um, <laughs> but... Um, I'm a dad. Yeah, it's... Yeah, I don't know. It's... You just want to have a balance. I think the key is to have balance between mm. that, you know, that that neutral point where it's not invasive. But I just don't know where that is, and I'll just put my hand up about that. I don't know where it is. Yeah, it's hard. It's a really um, grey area, I think, to be able to get enough technology, but also, you know, to keep the same values that have been for generations. Yeah, and I think people are still trying to find that. 
It's a good point. Value that has been there for generations. I do. It's, it's, um, it does take a village to raise a child. I know that. And, uh, it's people get disconnected, particularly in this modern Australian society. It's, uh, families can live down the road from one another and yet they don't see each other. And, uh, yeah, well, neighbors, <laughs> some people don't even know their neighbors. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Well, that's, that's the obvious one, isn't it? It's, uh, in a city like Sydney, which is just, you know, there's a lot going on in Sydney and uh, it's it's a place where, you a bit like I understand people talk about New York. I love New York, by the way. I've been there once and really enjoyed it. But uh, Sydney is definitely the place where everybody feels like they're rushing somewhere. But where the bloody hell are they going to yeah. and why is everybody rushing? And there's just so many people. I got that vibe when I was there as well, yeah. It just seems like, Everyone's worried about something and stressing about something. You know, they're so distracted by everything else. They don't have time for themselves. Yeah, it's a sort of place where if you're at a, um, I was at, um, I was try, I had to, I was down there not that long ago with my daughter, and I haven't been down there for years, and I had to get it. I think it's called an Opal card, which is like the transport card. You know, one yep. card for all, and so you could buy them at news yeah, agencies and. I was talking to the fellow at the news agency, a nice guy. We're talking, and this person came up behind me, and I swear to God, I could smell what she had for for breakfast because she was breathing <laughs> on the back of my neck so hard. And the cue was, "Get the fuck out of my way! I want to do something. You're in my way." Yeah. That's that's basically the impression that I got from it, and not just, a good vibe. Just lack of manners, mate. Really. And it's I, I don't want society to get to a point where people can't be be respectful. I, I don't it's think it's that necessary. Social, that awkward social interaction. No one's got time to just you know have a proper conversation. Yeah, yeah. I think I think, I think it comes down to no time. Yeah, and I think think that in a, in a city like Sydney, where people are mortgaged to the eyeballs and just hoping like hell their property doesn't devalue because their mortgage is in a fixed interest rate or whatever it might be, and they can't change lenders yep. to therefore give themselves a bit of an out, and they're locked into their, even though they might be earning one hundred and fifty grand a year and whatever job they're in, it's still not enough to keep up with their lifestyle and their Audi and their Mercedes that's on a bloody five year lease. You know, yeah, exactly. I, I don't. I, it's never a life, mate, that I would ever have wanted to have led. Never. It's. It's. I, I see the pressure and the strain, and I don't get it. You. You want to have breathing space. Yeah, you, that's it. And I think. I think a lot of people in Perth are very relaxed when it comes to that kind of thing. Like, there's not really a materialistic want as long as there's sunshine. A beach, you know, a good place to drink some beers. Everyone seems pretty happy. What was Joe Rogan saying the other day? Do you, do you listen to Joe Rogan's podcast at all? I haven't heard him, no. I, 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 I think you like... would love it. Yeah, I think you would love it just talking to you. You, get, you. you give me the vibe that I think that his conversations with a, such a diverse array of interview subjects really appealed to you. But he was talking about, he's yeah. an American guy. He does the, um, the commentating for the UFC. And he does. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, yeah. I know about him. I just never really got around to checking out his podcasts. 
But what did he say? He said, I know he's got a lot of different thoughts. Yeah, he does lots of different stuff. But he, he's one of the things that he said was he's talking about how people were, um, oh my god, my car's hit twenty thousand miles. You know, so thirty thousand k's for us or what have you. Has hit twenty thousand miles. I've got to change it now. You know, my car smells like the, my farts or something. So I've got to get a new one now. Oh my god, <laughs> I can't drive around this twenty thousand mile car. It's a piece of shit. And and uh, I'm thinking materialism. Well, my mind straight away went to Sydney. It's like, that's Sydney. That's what people are... God, I'm generalising a lot, so bear with me. But that's what it feels like it's like down there. Um, and uh, look, I've got a 2006 Jeep Grand Cherokee, which I love to death, and I never want to sell it. Um, mm. I like new things too, don't get me wrong, but I'm just saying don't... Put, I'm just... My view is not to put if myself... If it's not broken, you may as well keep using it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I, the Barefoot Investor has some really good advice around that sort of stuff. He drives around a VZ yeah. Commodore Ute, I think, you know, and um, it's there's no point in having all this new shiny shit if it boxes you into a job you hate. I, yeah. I, I, and my, my view is, is that outfits like what you're doing here with the Peppermint Club, it... the if people would stop for a bloody sec and just take stock of their own inner rhythm, if you like, and stop rushing and stop taking bullshit diet pills and going on weird paleo diets and keto diets and all this sort of rubbish <laughs> and just sort of settled down a little just bit and started to... Properly. Yeah, yeah. Tuned, and tuned into music, tuned into art and just... So sometimes, mm. like, just... Look at this artwork that you've you've sorry the last that you said you've collaborated with on your artwork. Just stop what you're bloody yep. doing. Have a look at this artwork here and have a listen to the sounds that you've created. And and just ask yourself: is your is your life on the path that you want it to be on? And if it's not, what decisions yeah. do you need to make? And and I believe art yeah, is there's a, no point rushing around and stressing. Well, that's, that's right. But art is a great agent of change because it causes self reflection. Mm. It causes self-reflection. Yeah. If people aren't moved by your music in particular and and this art that you've got associated with it, man, well, they've got got a heart of stone. Got a heart of stone. So, yeah, it's... Uh, it's uh, Yeah, look, what can I say? It's people are going to lead their lives and it's a, uh, a capitalist society as a materialistic society. We get that. But my point is, is that there's got to be a balance. You've got to bring it back to balance. Yeah, I think everything is, needs to be moderated. Just moderation is the key mm. to basically everything that you're doing. Mm. Mate, I better finish up and see what my youngest daughter is doing because it sounds like she's trying to tear down one of the walls in the house at the moment. But this has been an, an no excellent problem. chat. Thanks for you know allowing it to go as broad as what it did too. They don't always go like this, so I really appreciate that you've been open to that. <laughs> yeah, we've covered a lot of different topics. Well, I think it's cool. I've, I've never done an interview like that before. I, I do. I, I, I would certainly... I I just my whole stated aim with an interview is let's just go where it goes, and uh, if yeah. it's day talking and because I'm talking to artists from all over the world, believe me, the places that we tend to go, you can have a listen to some of they're all up <laughs> on the podcast app, and uh, sometimes we just stick to music. Yeah, sometimes check them out. we uh, we talk about politics. Sometimes we talk about what we've just spoken about lifestyle. But usually it's lifestyle. It's interesting yeah. human beings. You know whether you come from Iceland, Norway. The United States, Canada, Australia. Yeah, I think that's the interesting thing, like just actually having a human interaction and conversation about about things that would actually matter. Mm. 
Well, I want to congratulate you again, mate. This 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 release here, self-titled The Peppermint Club, it's something that'll stay with me for a long time. I feel that way about it. It's it's music for yeah, the ages. So it's an album for people out there listening because obviously I can't put the music on um, the podcast. Um, check them out. It's on Facebook. It's Bandcamp, Spotify, all of these places. Um, just on the 14th when it comes out, definitely stream it. There's, is there a track available on Apple Music at the moment for people to check out? Because I'll probably try and release this later on tonight. Uh, we've got the last three singles that we released on at the moment. So that's um, All Together on the Sun, Everything is Changing and Passing Through Your World, and they're all going to be on the album as well. They are. That's the first. All Together on the Sun's the first cut from the album. So 14 songs, man. It's value for money right there, and it's certainly music that... Uh, <laughs> some albums, to be honest, man, you can't wait for them to finish. You get to sort of track eight, and there's 14, and you think, oh, shit, here we go. This is not one of those albums. This is definitely not oh, one of those right. albums. This is an album where it's it it's one of those albums where it definitely feels like a unit. There's a common thread between the songs, but um, you you can it stays with you. It stays with you, and it's music that doesn't get excuse me doesn't get boring. It doesn't get boring. So when you're listening oh. to it, you're not sort of waiting for a song to end for another one to come on. Uh, well, that's that's my opinion anyway, and uh, I think it's a learned a learned opinion. It's an ex- it's an opinion born of many years' experience, to say the least. Um, yeah. And uh, just good luck with it. Basically, I just I hope that that whatever you want to do with it and what you're trying to achieve with it, mate, I hope it gains the audience that you deserve. Oh, thanks so much. Like, yeah, definitely appreciate what you said about it. And it's nice being able to release it and you know, have all those songs out of my hands now. I can't make any more further changes. Yep. I think that's the biggest relief. <laughs> well, art is always abandoned. It's never completed, is it? But you've done a pretty bloody good job here. Yeah. You know. All right. Thanks so much. Cool, mate. No worries. What I'll do is... Thank you for listening to Scars and Guitars, podcast series, Syndicate 4. The A-List Online. My dad's name is Andrew McCosmith. That was a conversation between him and Chris Jin from the band The Peppermint Club.